You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. Wednesday, 13 December. Local inflation data due 10 a.m. our time. Expected is 5.6%. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, Rekunari from Anchor. Where does he see value in the local market heading into 2024? Where does he see the risk? We're also going to be chatting with Momentum Metropolitan. Five weekends in December, early salary for many getting paid this weekend. How do we avoid January? Uh, and then we're chatting with the CEO of Float. We've seen a massive increase in the buy now, pay later model. What are the risks around it uh, and what are perhaps potential other alternatives? This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb has transaction capitals. We buy cars run out of growth. The average profit per vehicle sold is down 23% and cars are taking 30 days to sell. Business day mining and manufacturing output overshoots expectations. PGMs helped mining production to stage a surprising rebound, an expansion of 3.9% in October. Morning markets, a U.S. was green, S&P up 0.5%, Nasdaq up 0.8%. Over in the east, it's green, Sydney and Tokyo both up 0.4%. Commodities are mixed. Your red is gold, 1,995. Brent also red, 73.24. Green, platinum, 936. And palladium, $980 an ounce. Rand, 18.96. Bitcoin, 40,850. Tencent down 0.8% in the Hong Kong lunch break. And top 40 opening call up 130 points or 0.2% in the green. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Chatting now with uh, Rekunari from Anchor. We chatted, of course, last week around what had gone through the year so far. Rekunari, appreciate the early morning. Looking ahead to next year, 2024, I suppose let's touch off where you see some value locally in our market. Hi, Simon. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's always great to be on the show. Um, you know, yeah, as you said last week, you know, we're talking about the roller coaster of the year that we've had, uh, really in both local and offshore markets. Um, but, you know, fortunately, um, you know, it looks to be ending the year um, with a kind of a shift in investment sentiment in November. Uh, and uh, and the kind of markets have kind of driven through um, on that tone. Um, and that's really been mostly on the back of that kind of ongoing slowdown in inflation. And that's keeping hopes uh, for early rate cuts uh, next year. Uh, that's keeping those hopes alive. Um, but on that question, as you said, Simon, about, uh, you know, where do we see uh, value locally? Um, yeah, we'd, see, we'd say it's definitely uh, SA financials, mm-hmm. uh, broadly speaking, at kind of like a thematic level. You know, we like financials as a sector uh, going into next year. You know, if you think about the likes of the insurers, you know, Santam, uh, the investment management companies, the likes of Colter, um, but we especially like uh, SA banks, you know, all the major SA banks um, have got considerably strong yield underpins, mm-hmm. um, which are likely to provide uh, investors some cushion uh, or some protection going into <clears throat> any tricky times, you know, for a very long time, <clears throat> sorry, for a very long time, you know, SA banks have managed, you know, the credit risk relatively well, you know, when, when rates were low, they didn't onboard any yeah. excess risk. 
And now that rates uh, are, are high, you know, they've managed to control their bad debts and non-performing loans relatively well. So we think that all of these factors, you know, come together to give uh, SA investors a lot of confidence. And, and as I already said, you know, the prospects of the global economy uh, may be tipping into a shallow recession next year, uh, along with the higher for longer uh, risk still lingering. Um, we think that there's a, still a strong negative macro overlay that's going to penalize SA turnaround stocks and uh, definitely SA financials and uh, SA banks are not uh, 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 that theme or that SA turnaround uh, story. Um, so that's why we like uh, SA banks specifically, Simon. But if we were to kind of zoom in at a stock level, uh, maybe just changing mm-hmm. tax. Uh, we like NASPERS and Process going to 2024. Um, you know, on the question, we often get the question uh, from investors, uh, which is the better holding at any given point in time? Uh, currently, our bias is probably towards Process. Um, it's obviously notably underperformed relative to NASPERS uh, in recent times. Um, but with that said, we think it's wise to maintain some exposure to both uh, with a lean towards Process. Obviously, 80% of the group uh, of the group's NAV is comprised of that stake uh, in Tencent, yeah. and we've seen a significant sell down of Tencent to fund that uh, uh, open end share buyback program at the process level. Um, but whatever your view is on the balance of process, uh, uh, we think that obviously Tencent and the prospects around Tencent will continue to dominate um, that investment performance for process. Um, so, as I said, it's been years of underperformance out of process, and we think current, at current levels the risk. Uh, reward ratio for Tencent uh, uh, or for process rather um, kind of currently looks uh, attractive. Um, so it's one of our favorite uh, stock picks going to 2024 uh, and exposure to both uh, NASPAS but specifically process. And then quickly on the, the cautious side uh, resources. <laughs> we, saw, we saw Anglo cutting production uh, we, we, we've seen left, right and center that's the space where you are being careful into 2024. Yeah, Simon. So I think in general, we are cautious around the, the, the resource uh, index. I think overall, you know, the index is down 22% year to date. Uh, that's obviously been driven by kind of a material decline in the commodity price uh, and commodity price basket. And that's been kind of led by the PGM uh, miners or the PGM price. Um, so we think that despite that, that kind of uh, sharp decline in the, in the PGM miners share prices you know there may be more considerable downside risk uh, still at play here um but yeah i think you know uh, zooming in uh, i think to the resources on the flip side you know you've got the gold miners um you know that have had a, a roaring yeah. year this year. Uh, you know if you think about just how leveraged the gold miners are to the gold price if you think about the fact that the gold price is up 22 percent year to date in rand terms but how many gold is up 94 uh, percent as far as the share price is concerned and gold fields up 57 percent um so yeah and i think for the rest of the resources um you know it's a tough call to make and um, the the person that comes out and calls the bottom uh, of this commodity cycle is, is very brave um uh, but we think that the picture out of uh, the Chinese property market, uh, that hasn't quite cleared up, um, but at least you've got Chinese infrastructure spend that has held up uh, relatively well, um, and, and that's been beneficial to the iron ore price. I mean, just chatting to our resource analyst uh, yesterday, you know, who would have thought that we'd see uh, iron ore prices closing the year at $140? Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I said, Simon, I think it's a relatively mixed bag out of the resource index. Uh, we, ca- we are cautious around um, how we play this into next year, um, so we'd rather prepare rather than predict where commodity prices go from here. We'll leave it there. That's Rekinari from Anchor Echo. Always appreciate the insights.
If seagulls were hardy dolls who could afford to retire to the coast, what kind of bird would you be? Would you soar over the savannah or chase summer around the globe? You see, even when you stop working, your money won't. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. I'm Daniel Sokobakaba, Consumer Financial Education and CSI Manager at Momentum Metropolitan. And so I appreciate the time today. By an oddity of the calendar, this December has five Fridays, five weekends, each of those with an extra chance for us to blow our budget. It's going to be a tough month for our wallets and our budgets. Absolutely. It certainly is going to be a tricky one if we don't spend carefully, if we don't budget carefully. I mean, what happens in December is that you find that most people get paid early, right? So we get paid in the middle of December, which means that your December salary is meant to last you for 16 days in December and 25 days in January Mm -hmm. until you get your next paycheck, which essentially means that your December salary should at least last you for 41 days instead of your normal 30 days that we normally used to. So we really need to be very careful around how we spend our money in December. Otherwise, we will find ourselves going through those January blues. Yeah, that January. And of course, we forget. I mean, particularly if you've got children, January is all about it's back to school. There's a whole lot of expenses Mm. around that. What are some of the sort of common mistakes that people are making with that early payment that we can try and avoid to take some pressure off the beginning of the new year? So the first thing is to, what people tend to do is to forget that there is actually a January that they still need to (laughs) to take care of. There's still debit orders that needs to go off. You spoke about children's school fees and Mm. children uniform. You know, some parents have children going to new schools, which means you need to get new uniform. We know how quickly kids grow up. And most of their things, they actually outgrow them. So I can bet you that all the parents, if not maybe 80 percent, if not 100 percent of all the parents have to buy school uniform for their children. So you need to save money with the salary that you get in December. At least put some portion aside for your debit orders and essential things like your bond, your electricity Mm -hmm. and essential things. No, I'm not talking about non-essential things like entertainment or gifts or things like that. Some people are lucky enough to receive a bonus in December. Take a portion of that bonus and pay upfront some of your debt to avoid getting into debt in January or in December. Because if you are not careful with how you spend your money, what is going to result into is you having to go and loan or borrow some money or use your credit card in a very irresponsible way. Something I'd never thought of, that money which all arrives early, and whether it be your January salary or a bonus, is actually go and pay forward some of your bills. You know what perhaps your rent or your bond or something's going to be. If possible, if it's not a debit order, actually just pay it early rather than leaving that money in your account and running the risk of it being spent. Absolutely. And you even have some companies or financial institutions that offer you an option to pay your debit orders earlier. Mm -hmm. So instead of paying your debit orders on the 25th of December, you can have them debit your account as early as the 20th of December so that at least you know that is out of the way. You only have 
January that you need to look at from a debit order perspective. So just make that arrangement with your financial institution or whatever company that debits your account, make an arrangement so that they debit your account earlier as opposed to on your normal debit order day or later. And you will find that most of the debit order days actually fall on a public holiday. It could be the 25th, which is Mm -hmm. Christmas, and then they can only debit your account later. So if you are wise, if you want to have a stress-free December and January, you need to at least make that arrangement with your financial institution. A big part of this, and I know people, they don't like budgets, but a big part of this is a budget because that does two things. It can help you manage the January process, those new school uniforms, back to school stationery and the like. But what it's also going to do, it's going to show you what you've actually got to spend in December so that when you're somewhere swapping the card, you're not stressed, assuming it's within the budget. Absolutely. You put it so well. Budgeting might look like a lot of work at Mm -hmm. first, but in the long run, it will secure the financial wellness that you need to acquire wealth and give you peace of mind. So it's very advisable to create an effective budget to manage your finances and track where you overspend money and stay out of debt. I mean, budgeting is one thing, but sticking to that budget is very important to make sure that you are very strict and you need to talk about the budget with your family. Engage your entire family in planning this budget. Let your spouse know, let your children know. And that way you even manage expectations because they know this is how much we have as a household for December and January. And this is how it's been allocated for gifts, for Christmas lunches, Mm -hmm. and for everything else that we need to do as a family. So even in setting that budget, don't set it alone. Involve the whole family so that expectations are managed. And even in tracking them, involve them to say, this is how we are tracking, which means we have this much money left for this item. You know, so involve them and it's going to make things very easy for you. Yeah, I like that idea. It's a community process. Get the whole family involved, everyone on it, same page, so that everyone understands why it's happening. I think often you get left behind and you're not sure. We'll leave it there. Sergio Bukaba, Chief Financial Education, CSR Manager, Momentum Metropolitan. Appreciate the time. Your money can do more when it's investing with conviction. Our partnership with J.P. Morgan Asset Management gives you access to in-depth, broad market research and high-return investment strategies. So invest in a select set of companies with long-term structural growth potential with Stanlib's Global Growth Fund. Seek more returns at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on The Money. I'm joining with Alex Forsyth-Thompson, CEO of Float. Alex, appreciate the time today. The buy now, pay later had a strong Black Friday. December expected to be even stronger with sales up through, what, 3x on last year. The concept really is taking the world by storm, particularly the online retail space. Hi, Simon, and hi to the listeners. Absolutely right. Buy now, pay later has exploded. The South African market is a little more nascent, Mm -hmm. but it's certainly growing rapidly, and we believe it's here to stay. The point of this is you buy a product. They split it up into equal payments, fortnightly, monthly, as the case may be. No cost to the consumer in terms of interest or fees, if I understand, assuming you keep within the terms. Yes. Look, first off, the fundamental difference between buy now, pay later, and credits, traditional Mm -hmm. credits, is that who pays the cost? Buy now, pay later is generally completely interest-free to the consumer, and the merchant actually bears the cost of it Mm -hmm. with a fee. But with most buy now, pay laters, if the 
shopper doesn't stay within the terms, there are late fee implications and potential interest implications. So quite critical with most of these products that the consumers pay on time and budget. And if they stick to that, they will be interest-free throughout. Yeah, and my understanding, some of those fees and interests for late payments can get quite onerous. The issue here, perhaps, is the buy now, pay later generally is not on shoppers' credit records, so unseen by other providers. And I could, frankly, go and spend, I don't know, what, 10x my salary across multiple different providers and create serious problems for myself. Yeah, I think, Simon, because, you know, these models are new and innovative, and that's what, you know, tends to happen in... Mm tech-based businesses, particularly fintech, is that they sort of outpace regulation. So one of the downsides with BNPL is exactly that it doesn't. Do you think some of the guys are reporting into the bureaus, but it certainly doesn't reflect in a consumer's credit record. So they can do exactly that. They can go to three or four different BNPL providers, rack up a whole bunch of debt within literally 24 hours and be overextended. And then you add the late fees on top of it. It is a potential problem and certainly something that I think regulators will look at. But I think on the balance, probably a better, more responsible form of credit. Yeah, and I take your point. The regulators are, I think in many sectors, they're often a little slow when tech's involved because of the speed tech can work. At Float, you're doing something similar but different. Explain the process here and what's different about it. Simon, what you've just brought up now is super relevant. And I think that was kind of the thesis that we had when we started the business is that South Africans, you know, certainly the middle class and up, it's not an issue of access to credit. I think most South Africans are overly Mm. indebted for sure. And certainly on a formal level and, you know, we assume on an informal level as well, things that aren't reflected in credit bureaus and that sort of thing. So Float works with the consumer's existing credits, only works on credit cards and basically converts their available credit into an interest-free buy-now-pay-later plan. So the trick with our product is the customer's got to have the available credit, and as long as they have the amount available on the card, we will always approve them for a transaction. But it also means that, one, they aren't being overextended with new credits, and it's automatically reported into the bureaus, But two, there aren't any of those nasty late fees. We never charge interest or anything to the consumer. All we're doing is buying them a lot of time to settle their credit card payments and bite-size installments. And I see that, and, and I take your point. It's not extending my credit, which what traditional BNPL certainly does do. Is this something that the merchant signs up and activates on their side, or do I as a client sign up at, at Float? Our route to market certainly through the merchant, so we... Offered at currently hundreds of merchants. We should be adding quite a few more you know, over the coming months. Mm-hmm. We will negotiate a fee with the merchant. They can opt to configure our platform to suit their business. And what I mean by that is obviously behind the scenes, we negotiate settlement terms. But most importantly, they decide how many installments that they want to offer their customers. You know, gotcha. They can offer up to 24 months. We find that most offer up to six. And then consumers will find out and simply have to choose us, stick in their car details, and then they're paying in installments. And this, I imagine, would in many cases be for bigger ticket items. Yeah, so that's another key difference between us and what you'd call traditional buy now, pay later. Traditional buy now, pay later, the sort of pay in three, pay in four model, 
really is just because of the nature of the risk of the model mm. is for sort of your smaller everyday purchases. So a t-shirt, maybe some accessories. Yeah. You're talking average orders of a thousand to maybe one and a half thousand rand. Because our product uses existing credits, pre-vetted credits that's accessible on a credit card, and the fact that credit card limits generally are far bigger, our average orders are significantly larger. So we're talking in the range of around 10,000 rand. So oh, really okay. popular with your electronics, you know, home appliances, sports and mm-hmm. hobbies, luxury fashion. We even are bridging into healthcare at the moment, which is super exciting. Okay, that is interesting. I like that. We'll leave it there. That's uh, Alex Forsyth thompson CEO, Float. Appreciate the time. And that's our poll today, LinkedIn and X. Have you used this buy now, pay later? I've seen it on websites. I've never clicked the button. I've never tried it. But uh, let us know. Have your vote. Have your say. LinkedIn and X. That's it for today. We were chatting with Viv Govender yesterday, the launch of the Google Gemini, which of course is coming to compete with ChatGPT. Uh, the launch video turns out to have been a complete hallucination or fabrication. Uh, and it turns out that Gemini is better than ChatGPT, but not by a lot. We asked you, uh, have you been using these artificial intelligences? Just over 40% said a little bit. Just under 40% said not at all. The rest of you said absolutely all the time. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and X. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website and the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nobuchle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their time. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow, Asset Allocation. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now on the money.